If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and it's presented by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. He is Steve Fezzik. I think by now most of you already know this. The only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. The Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. He's a stud. He's the math guy. He knows the numbers. And by the way, Steve, this was your idea. But coming up next week, we're going to reveal how we've done over the last few years. The Birdman, Todd Bergman, helping us with that. At L Birdman, very much looking forward to that. At Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, by the way. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I think most of you know, former NFL journeyman, much to my surprise, my dad's 5'9", a buck 70. And as per the picture I posted a week ago on my wedding day, I was just about 6'5", 337 pounds. Heaviest day of my life. Spicy mustard for life. Anyway, uh, I got a bunch of podcasts. I love them. I love that you guys love them. I love that you guys tell other people that you love them. I love that you guys tell other people that you love them, and then they tell other people that you, you got it. You got my drift here. Jeff Schwartz is going to join us, former NFL offensive lineman. I mentioned that on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Andrew Brandt, by the way, was amazing on today's uh, Ross Tucker football podcast. I love when you guys rate and review the show. We have a big announcement for this show coming next week. Big, like big, big next week. So very much looking forward to that. We don't do very many announcements, but we do have a pretty big one. By the way, if you listen to this show and you like the action, I'm picking four more people to go against me and Joe Dolan in a best ball 10 fantasy fantasy football draft. Like, let's do it. Right, you get a chance to win a free hundred and twenty bucks. I'm, you know, I'm not asking you to put anything in. You don't have to put any money in. All you have to do is say, "All right, Ross, let's do this, my friend." Sign up at fantasypoints.com. Use the code Feast, all caps. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and say, "Ross, I want a piece of you." And I'll say, "Okay, let's do it." Speaking of, let's do it. All right, so guys, before we dive into some NFL conversation, because I wanted to get another O-lineman, another NFL player who also is into betting to discuss some of these issues, Steve, we've been discussing as it relates to looking at teams' win totals with new coaches, with rookies, home field advantage, all of those things. I wanted to just first, I know you guys are sports guys. Steve, you live in Vegas. Jeff, you like all the sports. I'll start with you, Jeff. As a guy that played, you know, close to 10 years in the NFL, what's your reaction to the NHL 24-team tournament? Like, what's your initial reaction? I mean, as a fan, I'm excited for sports to be back, and if this is the way they're going to do it to make it more exciting and make it doable and I can gamble on it, then I'm fine with it. I mean, it's 
it's tough to do single game of playoff, in my opinion, um, in a sport like that where you play so many games throughout the season. I'm not sure that, that, that that's their exact plan, but I do think it's nice to see some of these leagues thinking outside the box with how they're going to make this happen. You know, the NBA going to kind of a one through 16 uh, reseeding type of tournament. They, I think they should reseed every year now. I mean, I think that some of these changes these leagues might make, especially with the schedule on the NBA side, might benefit them moving forward. So I'm, I'm for all of this. I know baseball still has some work to do to get back on the labor side, um, but I'm for any of these leagues to get outside the box to get their product back. Steve, what was your initial reaction when you heard about this 24-team hockey tournament? Oh, I think it's a great idea. And it will be best three out of five for the five through 12 seeds in the first round. They're calling that, I guess, the qualifying round in order for them to make the playoffs. And then the one, two, three, and four seeds, of course, will have a round robin. And that'll determine seeding, which I got to be honest, Russ, I don't know if the seeding really matters in hockey very much at all. And I think that that will be much more like just exhibition games to get the players some time because hockey is not like the NBA where the one always beats the eight. And that's even with home ice advantage, which there won't be. I think it's a great idea to be playing these games in a couple of um, hub cities. So um, the one thing that surprised me, I was shocked that I guess they call this phase two where teams are going to start practicing in full isn't going to start at the earliest until early July. That really surprised me. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that. I guess that they still have some uh, procedures and things that they need to figure out, but that does seem like a, a long time away that I, I don't understand what the delay is, why they can't you know, start to do something in a couple of weeks. I thought that was interesting. What about uh, Jeff – as a former athlete, do you think that there is any sort of an asterisk as to who wins, like whoever wins the Stanley Cup, will you look at it like an asterisk because it wasn't a real season, they cut it short, it was this weird playoff, or do you think nobody really cares, nobody will really look at it that way? I think players will look at it, especially the, you know, the team that won is a legitimate title, and it is, it is. They, they've won the new design for the rest of the season, but this entire year is going to have an asterisk in sports. I feel like, I mean, outside the NFL and college football that probably will start on time and play at least most of their season. Um, this will always be the year that something was different, but I definitely think that the team that wins should feel very honored and should feel proud about displaying that championship and saying they're the champions. What about you, Steve? Asterisk, like, do you think it's unfair or do you not care? Don't think anybody will really will think of it that way. Don't care. No one will even remember. Joe Gibbs has three rings. 1983, the Redskins played a nine-game season. No one even remembers. Um, what, what, about, what about from a betting perspective, Jeff? I know you said your first response was you're just glad it's back. You're glad that you have something to watch and to bet on. I think it's bizarre that they're waiting till late July. I think that the opportunity is really the sooner they start up, the better. Um, but from a betting perspective, um, I never actually bet on hockey. I don't know if you have. Do you see any angles, any advantages here, any teams or anything that you think has an advantage because of this format? 
Well, I bet hockey, but mostly rely on friends that are more informed than me to bet on hockey. Like I have, I think I have seven futures for season win totals that were passed along to me from someone I trust. So I'm not doing the research on hockey, but I'll bet it if I trust someone to give me the information. And, and, I'll, and I'll follow the, the, the playoffs a little bit more intently, so I'll kind of do pay attention at times. Um, but you know, the reason why I think they're starting so late, and I agree with you that they should start as soon as possible because there's nothing on right now that can capture kind of you know the, the entire sports crowd, is I just think there's a lot of logistical issues with getting guys from overseas, making sure everyone and, and been able to train properly. You know, a lot of guys uh, don't have the facilities at their apartments, at their condos, to properly work out, and they haven't had an opportunity to get in shape. I think that there's a, a big concern on all these sports with the athletes being just physically ready to play, and especially if it's a playoff grind. You know, being able to, to physically withstand that. And that's why I think most of these leagues are taking a while to get back outside of baseball that has a, a labor issue right now. And, and what about you on that, Steve? I know you're not a huge hockey guy. Sometimes you get a little involved with your, with your Las Vegas Knights. But do you see opportunity here with, the, with this 24-team playoff? Oh, absolutely. But the problem is it's not going to be my opportunity. It's going to be my hockey experts. I will say this, Ross. It's possible. I don't know the two cities that are going to get chosen, but if they, cho- if they choose Dallas – I can't imagine they'll choose L.A., but it's one of the 10 cities under consideration, or Vegas. It is hard to have good ice conditions when it's 108 degrees outside, like in Vegas. So I know the newer facilities uh, probably are are more uh, equipped to be able to make that, but hockey in July, you could get some soggy ice, and that means unders. So what about this, Steve? I saw somebody tweet this yesterday about people that had bet on, like, the Blackhawks or other teams to make the playoffs and the Blackhawks were like last in their division, but now they're in the playoffs. Like what, what do you think is going to happen with the books with, with those bets? Depends on the house rules. Hopefully the house rules say, Hey, you um, only have action if 80 or more games are played or something along those lines. If this is the problem when it comes to sports betting, when you have strange situations like this, Sometimes the rules do not clearly indicate whether or not you should have a bet. But um, and, and think about this. They're calling this the qualifying round for the playoffs. So if a team loses in the qualifying round, did they make the playoffs? And this is the sort of thing that it's not unusual that there's a dispute. And the patrons, if they, get, if they have a ticket graded as a loss that they think should be a refund or vice versa, that they wind up going to the Nevada Gaming Commission, and the Port Gaming Commission has to figure it out. Let's dive into now a sport that we all uh, love and spend a lot, heck of a lot more of our time on, and that is the NFL. Still uh, big-time expectations that we will have a full season. Jeff, I want to give you a blank slate because Steve and I have talked about this the last few weeks. We've even had a couple guests on but you're the only other player that we've had on. I want to give you a blank slate for the teams that you think will benefit for and or be hurt by no offseason program, potentially no fans, etc. So you don't need to give me specific teams. Yeah. I just mean like in general, whether it's home field advantage or teams with new coaches, teams with a lot of rookies, whatever. 
I mean, I think it's very simple. I think teams that have veteran coaches, veteran quarterbacks that have been together a while, it doesn't mean like they have to be 13-year veterans. Just, you know, the Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, who have been working together now during their fourth season coming off a Super Bowl that returned 20 of uh, 22 starters from a Super Bowl team. I mean, that that that's a huge advantage over another team in the division that is adding players to their roster, the Chargers, for example, to keep adding players that really are going to come back to training camp and not have any guys playing with each other uh, at all and having to, to ramp it up. And remember now, Ross, in the new CBA, the first five days, I believe, of training camp are like an acclimation period. So, so that's five less days now to really get a lot of work in that you would normally have in the last CBA or obviously in the previous CBA when, when you open up camp with – with um, double days. And so I think the teams, the Ravens for, you know, the chiefs, he's better. I think Tom Brady, actually, I know it's a new situation for him, but he's managed to make it work with, with um, his wide receivers and, and getting his center out there to work together. I think the, the people that understand the players understand what it takes to get ready every year. The players that have the money right now, typically veterans to build home gyms. I know a lot of guys have done that. My brother, for example, bought a gym. He's put it in his garage. Veteran players, man, they know how to prepare. I think they're going to be a step ahead of all these teams. You look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are supremely talented, but right now they have a quarterback who's playing under a franchise tag who's pretty, I would imagine, upset he doesn't have a, a deal quite yet. Um, you have a brand-new coach. You have new parts, and I think they're going to a team that's supremely talented, in my opinion, that's going to struggle. McCarthy's offense is nothing like the offense that, that Dak has run now, with Kellen Moore, and, and and I know they said they're going to run like Kellen Moore. I don't believe any of that. Coaches don't change like that. They don't just switch their offense and give it to someone else. Yeah, I, mean, I don't believe any of that. I, th- I think it's going to be McCarthy's offense, maybe with the terminology that the Cowboys have already been using. And then really any of these teams with, with new coaches, with young players, are going to struggle, in my opinion. I went through this in 2011 with the lockout. Um, I was on a team – with a brand new quarterback and Cam Noon, uh, and Cam Noon played well. He played he played as well as you probably could as a rookie. But there were a lot of growing pains early on because we just didn't have an ability to, to work out. We didn't have an ability to get in the playbook. We don't have an ability to learn what the coaches want us to do. Um, you know what techniques they want us to use, how they want us to play certain things, and that's when you used to practice hard. And now you don't even practice that hard anymore. And I think it's a recipe for a lot of these young teams to struggle out the gate. I would pound the overs on a lot of these uh, these win totals for these veteran teams. So here's my question about that, Steve. Because a lot of what Jeff just said, we've said, you know, it's it makes sense, right? I think we all kind of intuitively understand that. Do you feel like that's already built into like the week one lines and the season win totals? Because if you're saying it, Steve, and I'm saying it, and Jeff is saying it, at what point does everybody know it and like you're not really getting the value out of it? Yeah, and I think like Jeff, your Carolina team, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they went six and 10 that year? Yes. Yes, and I think their season win number was like four and a half because they only won two games the year before. We so did, yes. it's interesting that everything you said makes sense. But like Ross was saying, if the market is aware of it, then you really can't benefit from wagering on it. And certainly you've got a case with the brand new coaches. And I'm not so sure that the markets really have adjusted enough. And the reason being is that all these season win numbers were coming out before the you know the virus struck and the like so obviously 
the teams we're looking to fade probably the most would be Carolina because not only does Matt Rule have a whole new coaching staff, but with limited NFL experience and a brand new quarterback in Bridgewater. So he's front and center. Carolina is probably going to struggle early, as will Washington and the New York Giants and uh, perhaps Cleveland, all those teams with new coaches and new coordinators. What do you think about that, Jeff? Do you feel like, you know, we've been talking about that stuff that much, so much, but, like, I look in the Bengals in 2011 after the lockout with Andy Dalton as a rookie. They went to the playoffs. Do you think either we're overvaluing it a little bit too much or that it's already built into some of these win totals? Well, I don't know if it's built into to, to the win totals. It doesn't appear, honestly, to be that way it's, it's sometimes. I think that it sets up better for, like, just early in the season looking at certain lines more than maybe win totals. You know, early in the season I think there really could be something to – the veteran teams coming out a little bit harder. But you're right, 2011, we did have the Bengals and the Panthers do better than expected. But, you know, you know, Cam Newton is a special talent, and I'm not sure how much you know we won that year just because Cam was something the league had not really seen before. I mean, I think if Cam comes in the league now, defenses are better prepared to play that sort of offense. We just – that really hadn't been seen before uh, to, to have a college – spread offense run game including the nfl and he was able to make plays uh better than expected um but i do think that it is maybe we're, maybe we are overvaluing it um but one thing that i really do think is a big difference here between 2011 and now is the ability to work out so in 2011 we worked out like we could go to the gym we had a group of veteran offensive linemen here with the panthers we, we were in town in charlotte we worked out every day we Jordan Gross flew in a tra- his trainer from Idaho. We, we set up team workouts. Like, we worked out as a team over at a high school for a weekend. Like, we still put in the work physically. That's my concern now is that just physically, I'm not sure guys are going to be as ready as they should be because guys have varying degrees of ability to get to a gym. I know there's some places that have been opened up now. Some, you know, I have a buddy who trains guys kind of in his garage quietly. I mean, there's guys that are able to get to work in, but I think physically, the younger players don't really know how to prepare quite yet. And the older guys already have a home gym, know how to prepare, know how to take care of their body. And that's part of this that's different than 2011 is the physical part of being ready to play. Just mentally dealing with this whole couple of months, I think like veterans will be able to do that better than young guys who really don't know how to prepare for the NFL. So I'm just curious, Jeff, since you play with Cam Newton – and you live in Charlotte, so you watch a lot of Carolina Panthers games, right? Yes. Like, let's say he signed uh, – make up a team, right? The Jags, the Chargers, yeah. which isn't going to happen now, uh, the Patriots, whatever. Like, how much do you think he has left, and would that positively affect your your feelings about that team's win total? Let's just say for pretend he gets signed tomorrow – by the Jaguars or the Patriots. Are you going and hitting the over for those two teams the next day or no? I'm not because I don't know if he can stay healthy. I would say that if he is healthy, which it appears he is, and he stays healthy for an entire season, he's still really good. If you looked at him in 2018, the first half of the season, when he, was, uh, when he wasn't injured through eight games, he was probably playing the best quarterback of his career. Just pure quarterback, not really the running element of his game, but he was completing 8 9% more than he had been in previous. And that was the first year under North Turner in a brand-new offense. And so that really impressed me. Now, are you going to get that, that Cam Noon in 2020 is the question. I think that's why 
he's not quite signed. There's other reasons, in, in my opinion, just kind of nowhere to go right now as a starter. He just he has no reason to sign. He just kind of wait until things uh, shake out during during training camp. But I, I think that's the question: is that I would feel like eh, I'm not quite sure I get full 16 games out of camp but if you get 16 games from him yes i think that he would improve the jaguars you know the patriots obviously have a high bar already just because they're the patriots um but i feel comfortable in in leaning towards a team total over if i just expect it can to be healthy all season um one of the other things i wanted to get to with you jeff what i, that I thought was interesting is you have some unique thoughts as it relates to home field advantage you know, Steve and I have talked about this, but you, you know, just texting with you, you had some interesting thoughts about home field advantage last year and then coming into this year. Well, last year there wasn't there wasn't like it was a weird year for home field advantage. Um, you know, the Chiefs lost three home games. I know one was out without Pat Mahomes. I think Seattle lost three home games. We saw a lot of big home dogs not even cover, which is which is rare, right? I mean, a home dog. You like to bet sometimes because you get the value there, and they didn't cover it all. There were a ton of blowouts, and then with the crowd, you know, this year is really interesting because I feel like in college football the crowd matters so much more than than does the NFL. I mean, there's only really three stadiums in the NFL that I would say are really really loud, right? Arrowhead, and then I think New Orleans and Seattle are at even a different level than Arrowhead, and, and those are the places where, as a player, I was like, man, the noise is really affecting me. The other places. They're like, yeah, maybe every now and then it gets loud and there's a series or two where it's loud. But I don't think that, that the home field advantage, at least for a player, is going to change very much with or without fans outside of those three places. Um, in college, though, you know, Ohio State comes to Oregon week two. A big part of the reason why Oregon would win that game, in my opinion, is just the, the craziness of our stadium, the loudness. Trying to you know just trying to get under the skin of the Ohio State players, things start going poorly. The crowd gets louder, it builds up. Kids of those you know they play college are emotional. They're eighteen to twenty two. They don't handle the emotion of the crowd noise. And the thing about the crowd noise is that you just can't think. Like you can't think in your stance. You can't hear on the sidelines. It just frustrates you. You can't process things as comfortable as you can when it's not as loud. And without Oregon having that crowd. In my opinion, there's like no chance Oregon wins that game. I mean, I, they're going to be seven, ten point dogs, anyways. But like, I feel like that's that affects the college side way more than the NFL. Boy, that's interesting. Um, what about so you don't think the NFL home field advantage? I mean, it sounds like you don't think the NFL home field advantage will be that negated this year, and that it's more of an impact in college. So typically, NFL. You know, people still have it at three points or whatever. Are you still thinking, even if there's no fans, that it's still like a, a three-point advantage? No, I don't think it, I, don't, I don't think it's really. I mean, outside of those three places, I don't think much changes for for home field. I, I I just as a player, like I just you know the the loudness. I mean, the, the travel's still the same, right? You still have to travel. You still have to go somewhere else. You're not sleeping in your own bed. But I feel like now players are just used to those things better than they used to be there's more attention now played you know paid to how you how you eat how you sleep how you prepare the travel of going on a road game is not that big of a deal and we see oftentimes that um you know teams uh, even home games where the visiting crowd is louder than than the home crowd i just don't think as as a player right now we're seeing that much effective home and maybe last year was 
was an odd year where, like I said, the Chiefs lost a bunch of home games. Seattle lost a bunch of home games. I think they lost the most home games in a season since Russell Wilson's been there. Um, it just doesn't seem to matter as much anymore. And maybe last year was a blip and it's going to go back to normal this year, but I just don't think it, it's going to terribly matter much that, 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 that the crowd's there or not. Steve, what about something that's going to be voted on tomorrow? And that is this fourth and 15 that teams can do instead of an onside kick. So I always go to you first on these things. You're the math guy. What's just your reaction? Before we get into the betting part of it, Steve, your reaction, and maybe even before the numbers part of it, maybe just your reaction as a fan to teams having the ability to rather than trying an onside kick – Go for it on 4th and 15 from the 25-yard line. From a fan perspective, it's good because it's, it's exciting. You're down 12 with two minutes to play. You're dead, Ross. You're dead. But now you're not dead anymore because now you drive down the field against the prevent defense. You score with a minute left. And now against the tired defense, you get to try your 4th and 15, and you probably convert it 20% of the time. So from a fan perspective, very exciting from a fairness and an equity perspective. Uh, I don't like it because it's going to have some teams winning games that they have no business winning at all. And it is going to increase scoring by upwards of a point per game on average. And here's something that I think that no one is talking about. It is a teaser wrecker. So remember Ross, when we bet NFL teasers, we get six extra points on the results this rule is going to create huge variance. Think about this. A team is, scores and they go down six with two minutes to play. Now that team down six, they might win outright. Or if they fail on their fourth and 15, they're going to lose by nine. And it's going to wreck teasers from, uh, from that team plus two up to plus eight, by example. And conversely, anyone who teased the favorite just to win outright, it's going to wreck that teaser if they get that fourth and 15. So I hate the rule. Wow. Jeff, my mind is blown. I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it from a teaser perspective. Well, I thought about it from, from a, lot, a lot of overs hitting because especially if you miss now on the 4th and 15, you know, you're in field goal range. The other team is now immediately in field goal range, and they're immediately in a range of just, hey, you know, we're, we're, you know, if, if we break one tackle on a run, we're scoring a touchdown, and now things are much different. Um, with with overs and unders, and I, I primarily bet unders uh, in all sports, um, and this doesn't feel very good for that <laughs> because there's more opportunities for teams to score now. Well, and actually, if a team goes for the fourth and fifteen and doesn't get it, and the other team gets the ball at the twenty-five, really in that situation, the team will probably just let them score, right? Correct. I mean, yeah, if they if they yeah. went for it in that situation. They'll probably just let them score, Steve. I think it's going to take them a few years to figure that out, Ross. I don't see with a minute and a half left a, a team just letting a team run for 25 yards. And also what will happen, the word will get out, and you'll see running backs run 20 yards and then just fall down on the three-yard line. So <laughs> I, don't, I think they'll, it'll take a little evolution for that to occur but you're right. I mean, there's still it, it, it amazes me when a team's down one and the other team has the ball. Oftentimes, they don't let the other team score, which is just 
I just can't understand it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting, really interesting to see what the effect of it is. Now it was going to be an a timed down. Now it's an untimed down. They just changed that today before they go ahead and vote on it tomorrow. So you hate the rule in general, Steve, or you just hate the teaser part of it? I hate the rule in general because it creates variance, and variance is bad in my business. I want the final score to be what it should have been and not introduce a element that's going to be very difficult to handicap because it's really just random. And frankly, teasers are still some really good bets, and I don't know if I can bet teasers if this rule gets put into play because it's such a bad teaser rule. Because it, it, Think about it. When you're taking a, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite down to one-and-a-half-point favorite, the last thing you need is to give these underdogs a better chance to win. And, and like I said, conversely, you tease a plus two up to a plus eight. This is just basic strategy, teasing through the three and the seven. Well, now you get in the back door. This happens all the time. Teams are down 10, and they kick a field goal in the final 90 seconds to get the lead down to a one-score game. Now you're going to lose on if you don't get your fourth and 15 on a meaningless field goal at the end. <laughs> wow. I agree. Wow. Uh, Jeff, awesome job. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I know you've been doing some awesome video stuff recently. Can you make sure all the listeners know how to check that stuff out? Yeah, so I started a YouTube series. Just go to my YouTube channel. Um, I think it's just at, this is Jeff Schwartz, essentially. Uh, I have a, a website, schwartznfl.com. Uh, you can find most of my stuff there. and just kind of links to all the things I do. But, yeah, I started just – I mean – I don't know. I have free time, so I don't like free time. So I, try, I keep busy, and that's and that's one way I do it. Make some uh, some X's and O's videos. Awesome! It's it's great learning stuff. It's sort of the uh, the video version of what Greg Cosell and I are trying to do with yes. some of these Cosell's concepts on uh, on Friday. Check him out on Twitter as well at Jeff Schwartz. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Man, that was fantastic. Great job, fellas. I'm fired up, and I am so fired up about the NHL thing. Bet online is where you go to bet on the NHL playoffs. You can also go. They got the online casino. They got poker. They've got blackjack. They basically bring Vegas to you. Not only that, bet online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. NASCAR is back. Look, it's like betting on the horses, except you're betting on the on the cars. Why not? So a lot of uh, entertainment betting, if you're into that as well. All 24 hours a day, all online, mobile device, whatever. The promo codes, Podcast One, Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts, your online wagering solution. That was incredible. I mentioned we'll have a big announcement next week. Look for that. Be excited about that. And if you ever have any questions for Steve or me, please go ahead and take advantage of any of our sponsors. Or if you're a patron already, you can ask a question, patreon.com slash rtmedia, and send it to me, ross at rosstucker.com. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money and whatever you bet on this week. 
Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.